Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, it's the ABCs of EEE. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to see you. It's it's great to see you, too. It has been now a whole week. We didn't record <laughs> on Monday, which means it's been seven days since yeah, I saw you last. That's right. I don't know. So, um... Six days. <laughs> I, I don't know if you are feeling the same way, but for me, I... You know, in the past, I've been a little bit of a, um, you know, uh, skeptic that mm. anything could, you know, recapture the magic of an E3 that isn't happening. But I've got to say, like, I watched uh, Xbox's game showcase mm. and, you know, some of just keeping abreast of the news from the, some of the other presentations that have happened. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this is this is a fair amount enough like E3. Right, right. So I was uh, I was gone this weekend, uh-huh. uh, le- left on, on Wednesday night. Uh, and I was out in a, a cabin. It's an Airbnb um, in the Colorado. Um, in the Colorado, in Colorado, uh, outside of the St. Mary Glacier National Park, um, and uh, was kind of. We didn't have no internet, but the internet was slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the point of the weekend was just like hang out with friends. So I didn't watch any of the presentations from from over this weekend. Um, so I don't. What 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 things got you excited from that? Here's the we'll thing. get to like Nintendo stuff in a bit here, <laughs> and like our topic for the day, which is good. But I want to I want to hear about this. Okay, I the thing is, yeah, nothing. Oh, I will say, <laughs> star, like nothing. I will say, Starfield, <laughs> Starfield looks, Starfield genuine, genuinely looks incredible, and yeah. I I like um uh really enjoy a lot of like you know like the Fallout Three, and I like Fallout Four. Okay, um. And, you know, like Skyrim and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, Starfield genuinely looks very, very cool. But what, what, uh, but it was more like uh, that dopamine rush of like video game news. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I Xbox do. put out like a two hour showcase. They showed a bunch of games. Are they games necessarily that like I'm interested in? Not really, but my tastes are so narrow at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, you know, like, and also I'm, I'm totally at the age now where things are not meant for me. They don't care what I think. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't. We're no longer being marketed <laughs> exactly. towards. Yeah. I mean, I think you still are. Uh, I think I think that like uh, it is like eighteen to thirty nine, right? <laughs> I think it's thirty five. Thirty five. Okay. Yeah. Well, then we're both out of uh-huh. it. If, if it is in fact thirty five. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, well, what there wasn't like a ton in Xbox showcase or really like Ubisoft showcase <laughs> or Capcom showcase that I was super excited about. I will say I. I think it's cool that they're that Ubisoft is bringing back Prince of Persia as like a 2D side scroller, and sure. I thought it looked really cool. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, it is was that more, Star Wars game? Yeah, the Star Wars game. Star okay. Wars Outlaws. Star Wars. That my opinion on that is that it looks really cool. And actually, I thought about this for the Fable trailer as well, mm. where it's like in that in the Outlaws trailer when they were showing like stormtroopers and things that didn't need. To look like hum- realistic human faces. Yes. It looked amazing. Right. And even though video game like depictions of humans have come so uh, far, such They've a long so way, far. they still look terrible. You know, so there's, uh, the, do you remember the like trailer for like Arkham City? No. Batman Arkham City. Um, it's like uh, uh, Hugo Strange like uh, interrogating someone. Uh, and I remember that like, you know, 15 years ago being like an unsettlingly good depiction of like CG people to the point where I was like, are these actors? Like, I can't tell what this is. Um, and that's the only game that's ever done it. <laughs> and everything else, everything else, you're like, nope, not there. We're well, not there. I mean, and it's, it's hard because it's getting so much better yeah. but it's almost like the better it gets it's the, the more Valley. unsettling yeah. it is yeah yeah because it's like suddenly you're watching tinted <laughs> <laughs> like it's getting like parts of it are like which i loved <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. um parts of it like 
It yeah, it, it's almost like I think my choice would be to not try to mm. like make it, you know, like just stylized, stylized or yeah. cartoony. Yeah. Right. But uh anyways, it, it really was just kind of like that. Uh I feel like it's been a few years since I have kind of since I I guess that I've paid so much attention, maybe because it's I even though there are I would say like the baby like uh, seedlings of a whisper that maybe there's some sort of Nintendo presentation well, happening. Well, hold on, we'll get we'll get we'll get to that in, in <laughs> okay. a little bit. But I guess it, yes. I guess it's to say that with with no Nintendo presentation on the horizon that we know of, that I I was more keen to turn tune in to what everybody else was doing, right? Um, than well, I had been in years past. And, and it does seem like whatever uh, bottleneck was created by the pandemic. Um, that we are now on the other side of, and everything's hitting at once. Yeah. Um. Uh. Because there are so many big games coming out this year. Um. This year and like beginning of next, so it's just like, it, it's a little bit insane, right? Mm-hmm. That like all these delays have now like made it so. Um. This was one of the most packed years for games maybe ever. Um. Uh. And then yeah, maybe Nintendo will surprise us and be like, here's a direct, and it you know features Metroid Prime Four or whatever. Um. But Mark, that's not what we're talking about yet today. <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, no, so uh, just some things. If you would like to support us, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society. There, you can check out, um, if you support us at the 8-bit or 16-bit level, um, a show that we just wrapped up called NCS Detective Club, where we talked about the great detective shows of television history. Uh, we did Columbo. We did Murder, She Wrote. We did Diagnosis Murder. It's a great little miniseries, and it's uh, all six episodes are available now. We are approaching a new miniseries. That's right. We're going to be talking about uh, Broadway musicals. There you go. Um, so if any of that is of interest to you, sign up. We like to give you your money's worth with those episodes and really, uh, really spend a lot of time. Yeah, say they're long. That's, they're what, long. that's what you're driving they're to. Long. They're yes. long. Uh, look, they're not all almost four hours <laughs> long, but one of them is. <laughs> so um, thank you to all of our Patreons, uh, our patrons, everyone who supports us there. And thank you to everyone who uh, listens to the show, uh, regardless of whether you support us with money either way you can join our discord email us at nintendo cartridge society at gmail.com and we will send you an invitation a little programming reminder slash update we have no news episode next week on tuesday unless uh a nintendo direct happens yep and we don't expect it no in which case we will send telegrams to each other at our locations right and uh coordinated time Mm -hmm. for us to uh, string two cans together, right? So we can the birds. <laughs> we string some two cans together. Yeah, that's right. And we pull on their feathers yeah, until they say the things that we uh, would say to each other about the Nintendo Direct. Yep, absolutely. And two cans are not uh, birds that talk, so that would be. We, you quite just got to pull the right feathers, uh-huh. okay? <laughs> and then they'll and then they'll talk. Um, all right, Mark. Let's get into our topic. Let's do the ABCs of Nintendo's E3s. We're doing a part one here, which means uh, I said ABCs, which is true. We will hit all three of those, uh, but we will stop at L, and then we will do M through Z next week. Uh, and, you know, partially I, we're, we're doing this um, because uh, there is no E3 this year. Um, there is this E3 substitute in Summer Games Fest, but Nintendo is pointedly not a part of this so far that we know of. Yeah. Maybe uh, this gets uh, this episode releases on the same day that like Nintendo uh, announces something. Um, but as far as we can tell, this is a Nintendo-less event, um, which always for me, like in uh, 2020 when Nintendo like wasn't part of, uh, you know, whatever was going on with Summer Games Fest, um, it was just like, it always feels a little less exciting to not have Nintendo present, right? Totally. And even though, and also E3 not happening this year, kind of in a dramatic fashion. And yes. even though the ESA uh, has said that they intend to bring it back next year, I don't know. I, I feel like we've buried E3 a lot of times, but this feels yeah. like a nice moment to kind of like look back at uh, nin- Nintendo's presence at E3s in the past. Yeah, so that that's what we're doing here is that we are going through and we're picking some of the strangest or most exciting, frequently most disappointing moments, I'm sure, <laughs> from uh, Nintendo's E3 presentations in the past 
uh, as assigned by a letter um, and uh, just sharing them and bringing up these memories. Can I say one thing that for me was interesting when I was compiling my list was when you're it's nice to look back on E3s historically because ones that maybe at the time felt disappointing or were silly or yeah. like just like super bizarre and not really anything was of interest was announced. Looking back through it through the lens of like history of time yes. makes it so much more enjoyable. Well, and I mean, we, we talked about E3s maybe uh, around June of uh, 2020, 2020 yeah. um, that, that we did like a, a sort of retrospective of the, the various years that um, new hardware was like featured for the first time. Um, and it's so interesting to see Nintendo going through it, right? Like when their back is up against the wall and they're like, oh God, we're getting our butts kicked by like PlayStation. They're just like... We're innovating, and we, you know, uh -huh. like all this kind of crazy stuff. Where you're like, oh, "All right, guys." Yeah, yeah. In in the early 2000s, they have such a chip on their shoulder. Such a chip like, on their shoulder. There's, uh, I think it's like the 2003 E3 that I, I pull a couple of things from in my list. But, um, you know, in I, uh, they're calling themselves like the undisputed kings of video games. Yeah. You know, like they're just coming yes. out with that like language. Where uh, they definitely, you could like you're saying, they you can tell that they feel the heat, mm -hmm. but um, the way that they are, the way they deal with it is with like sw like swagger, right? Well, and 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 like the products they have to sell do not match the uh, marketing of no, the time. No, the tenor at like, all. Like it just doesn't. It's it's. I mean, can, can we just get into our... Because my, my A example is a great example of this. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's so, just start. Uh, my, my A of Nintendo E3 is Animal Crossing. Um, I don't know, Mark, if you have had opportunity to watch the uh, Animal Crossing trailer from E3 2002, but this video is insane. Um, it is, uh, you know, Animal Crossing had come out uh, in... Um, Japan as uh, Animal Forest, um, and it came out on Nintendo 64. Now the GameCube version of this thing is going to come out uh, on, on GameCube. And the trailer uh, for Western audience is, audiences is uh, it's like a kid. He's like 13, maybe 14. Um, and he, he addresses the camera directly. Um, and t he tells us that we you won't believe this wild new GameCube games. GameCube <laughs> game that lets you do all the things your parents won't let you do. <laughs> <laughs> like get your own place or even get a job. Oh, man. So, you know, it's where where it's in a, a time where the concept of a game where you don't have uh like goals or enemies or combat or whatever, um where that doesn't exist. And so they've got to get this like rad little kid <laughs> <laughs> to uh appear and like try and sell you on it as like a cool thing. Um uh, I pulled some uh, some other like uh, some other dialogue from from the trailer. Uh, imagine hanging out with your friends or planting trees and picking fruit that you can sell for bells. That's the money you use to buy things in your village. Um, the most radical thing about Animal Crossing is that it's in real time. So when it's nighttime here, it's nighttime in the game. That is radical. Um, it is radical, uh, and this kid is really uh, big on telling you how radical it is. Uh, it's weird because like it kind of shifts uh, like halfway through the video maybe like four or five minutes long um and like shifts into like his little sister coming in and being like i want to play uh, on our um our village and he's like we share the same village in this memory card um and then they like show off the uh connectivity to the uh, the gba for like designing clothes and patterns and stuff um and also that like e-reader add-on oh uh -huh. um uh, and like how all that works, uh, and then like friends come over and they bring like their uh, their village on a a memory card. So they are showing off like all kinds of like weird things and like features that are genuinely interesting about Animal Crossing, but have to package it in this way that's like, you know, two thousand two man. Like, <laughs> I, it's it's an immediately post nine eleven world where we're just trying to make sense of anything. It's like this cool little kid will tell us what to do. No, you're it, it, there's. So many examples of this where it really, it feels like, you know, what Nintendo of Japan is creating are a lot of things that Nintendo now is cherished for, right? Like, yes. very cute and approachable and family friendly. And they're handing them to Nintendo of America that is kind of like, I don't know how to sell this. Right. There to... are no guns in this. What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. And so every, like, everything, all the trailers have, like, overly dramatic music mm -hmm. or, you know, it's like 
tonal dissonance a little bit when you know what the product is and then how Nintendo of America has to position it to try to succeed in a market that at the moment is like has no use for it right 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 but like in uh, as little as like five years later does right um and i i i gotta shout out uh you know i'm i'm ragging on this video just conceptually this kid is a great actor like he, he like is, is like has that kind of like dweeby coolness of a 13 year old in 2002 <laughs> uh but like I don't know, like, everything everything he says, like, is compelling, and I'm like, yeah, I'd watch this kid. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, my A is a little more general, and it's just the, it's for anticipation. Ah, uh, yes. One of my, one of my, you know, like, we have said a lot that E3, especially, you know, in 2010 era, you know, like, for the last 10 years or so has really when did you become aware of e3 i'm not really sure i feel like the first one that i not even like knew was happening at the time mm-hmm. but w- was like aware that e3 was a thing was the nintendo ds one because i remember reading about like the reveal of the nintendo ds at in nintendo power that and then 2004 and okay. then talking about e3 and that's when i feel like i became that's when i started like reading ign and stuff yeah i, I guess like that makes like sense when i became aware well because like it's hard to be aware of e3 in the pre-internet days i i do have some examples here from 1995 right. or whatever but these were these are uh presentations that i had to revisit retroactively totally and it was so much more of a trade show totally yes back then where it really was like we're talking about graphs and you know what I mean? Where yes. it's like, here's like the yes. latest sales figures because that's what you're here for. And it was so much less consumer focused than uh, it has been in the past like 15 years or so. Um, but yeah, the the anticipation of an E3, I just remember it really was kind of like the day before Christmas. Absolutely. Where it was like, oh, what it, what is going to be under that Nintendo presentation tree? Well, because Nintendo is so good at keeping secrets, right? Um, uh, I, I, I thought, <clears throat> I thought about ha- uh, having my S be surprise. It's not because there are too many other, uh, every game they make starts with the word super. Um, so, uh, it, uh, but like, yes, you can pretty much be guaranteed a surprise in a Nintendo E3 presentation or yeah. direct, like something that you did not know about and is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very few other publishers like manage that. Things leak, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, I love, uh, like, anticipation being the most exciting part about uh, a Nintendo uh, showcase. It uh, reminds me of when Amiibo were first coming out, uh, and they were, like, impossible to... And they had, like, you know, GameStop exclusives and Walmart exclusives. Uh, and uh, at the time, I said that um, my favorite Nintendo game is trying to buy Amiibo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so B... You want to do the snake style so you do your B? Yeah, sure. So my B is for Bill Trinan, who is now the vice president of uh, player and product experience at Nintendo of America, but started at Nintendo, I believe, in like 1995 or 1996 as like a a localizer, like translating from Japanese to English. Yep. And very quickly, uh, from one account that I saw online, within like six months of starting, was pulled in to do... Uh, be like Shigeru Miyamoto's translator in a lot of different s- situations. And, you know, when you're looking at it, you don't really see this anymore because they don't do presentations on stage where, and, you know, now everything's filmed and they have like voiceover that is um, right. translating in, but at, the, you know, these old E3 presentations, Shigeru Miyamoto would come out, maybe he would say a few things in, in English, but then norm usually he would... Tr- uh, Pretty quickly, to yeah. Speaking in Japanese, and then usually Bill Trinan is there, mm-hmm. like a huge part of the presentation, like translating for him, but also like being a part of the gameplay demo. And it is one uh, one of the earliest ones I saw was E three two thousand one, which was the uh, the year that Super Smash Brothers Melee was revealed, and he looks like a baby. Yeah, he looks like a and, and like I don't know that he ever truly grows out of looking like a baby. <laughs> like there's there's something very like um reserved like introvert about uh Bill Trinan and having him paired up with Miyamoto who is this like you know even at like 70 or however old he is now um is this like font of energy and excitement about uh video games and their potential. Um 
And it's not that Bill doesn't share that, but it's just like, I don't know. They 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 have such a fun dynamic mm-hmm. together. Um, there was one of these presentations I was watching where Miyamoto introduces Trinan by saying he's the best translator he knows. And I'm just like, these guys love each other. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like they have a genuine like relationship, um, and it it just comes across without them like feeling like a duo. Right. Um, it's still like the Miyamoto show, but like Bill's so good at uh like just making his words come out uh, of, of Bill's mouth. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like he's been such a big part of e- like of Nintendo's E3s. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And what a great B, Mark. That's so good. <clears throat> My B is Batman Arkham City Armored Edition. And yeah, I did just talk about Batman uh, Arkham City uh, a moment ago. Um, but Batman Arkham City Armored Edition is uh, something I'm using here to be representative of something that was happening in E3 uh, 2012. Um, It really, uh, Nintendo proudly positioning the really half-assed commitment to uh, the Wii U (laughs) from third parties. Uh Um, And uh, Batman Arkham City uh, Armored Edition is one of them. Uh, Scribblenauts Unlimited, so both WB games. Uh, And then Zombie U and Just Dance 4 from uh, Ubisoft. Those were like the four games they were like, See, we, we this is not the Wii problem. We have, or this is definitely not like the end of Wii life um, uh, a problem. We have third-party uh, developers making like AAA games that are for serious gamers on the Wii U. Um, and it all like rings kind of hollow because like Batman Arkham City was like, had been out for like four years at, at, that, at that point. Um, and like, Zombie U is uh, a dud. Uh, Scribblenauts Unlimited is just a special Scribblenauts. Like, you know, all, all these things are like half measures. And then Just Dance 4. I mean, come on. <laughs> they would they would end up putting more Just Dances on the Wii after this. Um, uh, so this was not really a good example of uh, third-party support coming to the Wii U. Yeah, I there's so much to talk about uh, if, that Wii U presentation. I mean, I guess we did. We did an entire episode yes. in uh, 2020, ta- uh, kind of like dissecting that presentation. But, you know, when you said that that third party support, like, kind of felt hollow, there is so much about the that Wii U presentation that feels strained. That, <laughs> you know what I mean? That feels yeah. just like, I don't know that anybody's buying buying this. Yeah, like, even no, that's the true. The people who are presenting this on stage. It, it's really, it's kind of strange. Yeah, it it is kind of strange, but it's also not that unusual. Like, I I feel like there are a lot of, and you know, we will get to other examples where it's like they're selling something, and you can tell that they're like, uh, is <laughs> is this what you want? I feel like it's part of the reason they stopped doing live presentations. Yeah, great point. Yeah. Great point. I mean, I I'm I'm sure we will get to uh one of like the the real reasons that they stopped doing uh live live presentations. Um, but in the meantime, uh, for my C. I'm going to shout out the convention center, the LA convention center, um, which uh, hasn't always been the home of E3, but as soon as they sort of like settled in on that, that's been the place uh, where it has been located um, for the last like 25-ish years or 20-ish. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, A long time. Um, uh, It's obviously very convenient for you and I. It means that we've been able to go to some E3s in the past. Um, if it was happening this year, we both would have been there. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I like like the LA Convention Center, so just calling out the Convention Center. One thing that so I my I've gone to the LA Convention Center for like conventions only a handful of times, and the majority of them have been E threes. Yeah, and so that's kind of in my head what I and you know E three was. Huge, and so it took up the entire LA Convention Center. Yeah, which, which is, is also enormous. large. It has yes. like two big halls, mm-hmm. and, uh, and sometimes you got to run from one to the other because <laughs> you're going to be late for your Final Fantasy VII right. remake uh, demo. That's right, and uh, and so just recently, I went to another can like just normal convention that was happening at the LA Convention Center, and it took up just like one tiny area. <laughs> Of the convention center, and it was just so jarring to me because I was used to conventions being like a huge, like blown out affair. And it is one of the like great huge convention centers in America. Like it's it's on par with like McCormick Place or the Javits Center. Um, (laughs) Talking of convention centers, I I love it. (laughs) Oh, but I guess like you've been to a lot of cons. I've been to I've been to a fair number of cons. Yeah. Um, 
experience. And, and like, it is weird to walk into a convention center and be like, well, this is it. This is <laughs> this is all there is. Um, I never had that feeling at, at the LA Convention Center. There's always more ground to cover. My C is coat pocket. There was uh, the old Reggie Fizeme trick. Yes, yeah. It was. There was. There were two years back to back where Nintendo kind of pulled the same trick. So in uh, <laughs> E3 2004, which is the Nintendo DS reveal, that happened. Like, yeah, Reggie Fizeme in his first. Uh, E3 with Nintendo out of his coat, like his inner coat pocket, pulls an original Nintendo DS yeah. and is like showing it off. And that was like the big, like, ooh and ah moment of the presentation. And there's something so bizarre about just pulling out the raw hardware. It's not in a case, it's not in a box. He's just pulling the, as, as though he's traveling around with it normally and is uh-huh. like, oh, I just happen to have one on me. Yep, totally. <laughs> And uh, But then it was a trick that was so nice. They did it twice because at E3 2005, when uh, um, Satoru Iwata, then president of Nintendo, was showing the Nintendo Revolution for the first time before like the Wii name was revealed or anything, it was, and they just had a prototype system, he pulls a Wii prototype out of his coat wait who does this is uh satoru iwata iwata does this uh-huh yeah and Wild. it's a it's a uh it's a black one hmm. so it's one that they wouldn't even end up selling but that was the or i guess they did end did they ever send a sell a black uh. one i don't think they did but um that that was the one that they were showing off was uh was black and he was showing it as like a Nintendo Revolution prototype. Some of the big talking points were like the virtual because co- at this point they weren't ready to show the Wiimotes. Interesting. And so, you know, what he, one of the big talking points they had that year was the virtual console. And that got huge reaction from the crowd because it was like, you can play and you'll be able to play NES games and Super Nintendo games. Right. Nintendo Turbo Graphic 16 uh, games. Uh, like, you know, it, you know, it's, and it'll be backwards compatible with GameCube. So in fact, the, the revolution, like a word mark that they show has a regular sized like compact disc and then a as one of the o's and then a like gamecube mini oh that's funny disc as the other o to show that oh it's like backwards compatible with the gamecube um but yeah uh it wouldn't be until later that they i think the next year that they would show the wiimotes so at this point it was all just still really mysterious and it just came out of a pocket <laughs> yeah yeah it must have been like a special coat a special like yeah because it seems a little pocket. big yeah a stunt pocket and especially for like a, a non-giant man like uh-huh. when reggie fils does it it's one thing um there is a, a an old like ign story about um brian altano and andrew goldfarb going to uh, like having a, a a meeting at nintendo um and sitting down in a conference room, and uh, Reggie Fizeme comes in, sits down, and pulls the Nintendo 2DS out of his pocket. <laughs> and it's the first time anyone had seen it. Like, that's how they yeah, were revealing they, they it to the world. It. That's just the the way, coat pocket, man. It's just the way that Nintendo loves to reveal things. Also, uh, sorry, I think part of the reason that he pulled it out of his coat was uh, he also has a talking about point about how, like, uh, small the form factor is. Sure. It's, like, the smallest right. home console that Nintendo has ever... So it's, like, there's a ton of technology packed into this. I mean, it was still, little... like, a big puffy coat that he pulled <laughs> out of that, right? <laughs> he was called... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, mark your D. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, so my D is for Nintendo Direct. Now, um... Direct, comma, Nintendo. Yeah, E3... 2013 was the first year that Nintendo did not do a live presentation. It was the first time that they transitioned over to doing a Nintendo Direct for E3. It wasn't the first E3, which we have also done an episode on. It was, um, they did, you know, they had like kind of slowly introduced the Nintendo Direct as an idea over a number of years. And then E3 2013 was the first time that they um, replaced a live presentation with doing a Nintendo Direct. And EA did the same that year. And really, I feel like in hindsight, that is the moment that E3 kind of start stopped being like, like it's the the sure the, it's uh, the beginning of the, the end. catalyst yeah. of like the beginning of the end where yes Nintendo was having a presentation, but it's the beginning of people starting to realize like. I don't know that we need E3 anymore because right. I, we can just talk directly to 
our audiences. Well, what what it's so interesting about that is like Nintendo continues to, and maybe even more so, go big with like their their floor presentation after having a, a direct. So maybe because they're like saving on all this like production energy uh, for like not putting on a stage show and like having to stress someone out by being like, okay, now you've got to be out there for twelve minutes swinging a Wii Motion Plus around which isn't going to work. Um, uh, and they can be like, oh, instead, we're just going to build Hyrule on the show floor. Right. Um, and so there's something about, like, and Nintendo figured this out, that they could do the Direct, which is just this direct video presentation, and then also something physical on the show floor that doesn't have to be, like, those two things together are, are way bigger than one stage show. It, that's a great point. And also, like, I feel like for, for most companies, that you know, uh, we see Apple now is doing their like worldwide developer conference presentation as like an edited video. Yeah. It's just so much like you don't have to worry about demos going wrong. You don't have to worry about awkward timing. You don't have to worry about translation. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. Like it made so much more sense for Nintendo. Like I think it makes a lot of sense for that transition to happen. Yeah. But um yeah. Do you do you miss it? Do you miss the stage show? <laughs> no, I don't at all. Cuz they're so I mean, just like by the nature of having to wait for transitions and things like that, like they're just so much longer. Yeah. Like I I I don't I don't really miss it. How about you? Um no, I mean I guess I don't cuz like, you know, I, I went back and watched a lot of these to to prepare for this and like there's a lot of fat on those shows, right? Where you're just like well, okay, Bill Trinan and Miyamoto are out here. Like, we got them on stage. They got dressed up. Like, they okay, they better talk for ten minutes now <laughs> about one game, right? Right. Uh, and the uh, a direct outside of like a Super Smash Brothers thing isn't going to be uh, ten minutes of video about one game. So, uh, yeah, I guess I I miss it in the abstract, uh, but like in practice, no, I don't miss it at all. Do you know this is apropos of nothing? But watching these presentations. And like the live versus recorded, yeah. There's something so cumbersome about, in hindsight, about the Wiimote and the nunchuck and like the wires connecting them. Yes. Like when people are holding them in demos and trying to like move around and everything. It yeah, looks, it looks stupid. It yeah. does. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> Mark, my D is for Disney Epic Mickey. Uh, showed off E3. Uh, 2010 uh it's always kind of cool just to see like um a, a company stepping up and being like we're gonna like a, a big company like disney um having this sort of like partnership to uh, make this game uh, and then uh it, it's presented by uh warren specter and um adam Crichton, who's like playing the game as like warren specter talks through all of it they show a, a lot of the game um, but uh, Warren Spector kind of has an almost like Apple keynote style like presentation or like talk before it about like wh who Mickey is, what Mickey is to like uh, the history of animation, the history of Disney and how like this game sets out to like do all of that. Um, it's very like the game has a purpose and he's there to like express the purpose of the game. Uh, and that's just not something that's normally allowed for non first party games. Um, so it's just like wild moment of just seeing this game uh, really elevated uh, to this like sort of unheard of level uh, for a non first party game. Epic Mickey, man, what uh... I wish they would like remake it or re-release it remaster it or something and i don't know if there was there ever like a uh article or anything written about what happened with epic mickey because you know the what was shown in concept art and you know like yeah. early development and the way it was talked about and then what actually was released feel like so such very different things well, I mean, that I yeah. Well, Warren Spector is promising the moon in mm. this uh, in, in this presentation. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe Disney was just like, yeah, we can we can magic our way to this one being fantastic, and then we're like, oh no, oh no, we can't. Um, this also uh, this presentation has the moment uh, where Reggie is introducing the guys, and he calls the game Disney Epic Disney. Uh, and that's <laughs> hilarious. It's like on his way off stage, he's like to present Disney. Epic Disney <laughs> just keeps walking. Another reason I'm sure they switched to uh, like or uh, yes, video pre-recorded, uh, yeah, pre-recorded. Um, yeah, because that's truly. I mean, that's a that's a that's a horrifying moment. <laughs> My E is for. I go E now. Oh, 
Wait, no, you just did Epic Mickey. No. Disney Epic Mickey. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. My E is everyone is here. <laughs> oh, my E is also everyone is How here. How could it not be? <laughs> Look, okay, there are there are catchphrases from E3s. Uh, Reggie's here to kick ass and uh, take names. Um, I'm sure there are others. My Alien body is gut ready. Bucket. Alien that's just, that's, that's just you. That's just me. <laughs> but everyone is here was a jaw-dropping moment yeah, totally in that was. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate trailer announcing to the world that every single character that had been in one of these games before is present in the newest version. Uh, and the way they cut this trailer together, Mark, there's nothing like it. It is. It's very cool, especially because I don't think we really had... Again, the fact that Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is a miracle, and I feel like we had no indication before the presentation that uh, we were going to get every character back. No, I mean, I think people were expecting a port of Smash 4, but w also with, like, the Splatoon characters and maybe a couple more. Um, but everyone is here is uh, much the same way that uh, Disney Epic Mickey was a, a, like, a declaration of, like, here's what this game is about. Uh, that's what Ultimate is about, is everyone is here. Man, that was five years ago, by I the way. I know, outrageous. Yeah. And uh, because they only stopped doing content for it, what, like... Yeah, like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I was in the, uh, the like, press room uh, when this, this trailer was announced, or when this trailer was released, and everyone is, like, watching it stream on, like, their personal devices, uh, and, you know, so no one is at, a, at the exact same point, um, but there were, like smatterings a couple seconds apart of like people in the press room going like oh my god and like whooping and uh, like hollering it was awesome now, now i do f now you do f okay yeah. all right we've broken the the, <laughs> the thing now so my my f is for the finch wii u graphics video from e3 uh 2011 this is great and uh, you know, we we kind of talked about the weird, I would say, like, half sales job of the Wii U presentation. Um, but there's a moment that, like, really stuck with me where, you know, Reggie's like, and now we're going to show you the power of this console. And the way that they do this is by showing, like, a, uh, a pre-rendered video that I think we later found out was running Unreal Engine 3, but that may not be true. But basically, it's like a finch on like a chair, like a uh, the block the branch of a cherry blossom tree. Oh yeah, it's and like, it's like snowy. in spring, and yeah, there's like so snow spring, yeah. and um, you know, like the last like um uh, uh snow patches, and it's flying over a lake and just like doing stuff for maybe like a minute or so, and afterwards, you're just kind of like, what huh. was that? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it does look pretty good. But no Wii U game ever looked anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's just like such a weird... It, it's the same sort of thing in my mind as that sort of kind of like desperate third party <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, totally. support where... No, no, look what we can do. Yeah, where it feels like, okay, we've got to show that we need to, people to understand that this has like HD graphics and is graphically capable and all that kind of stuff. But it just feels like a, it just felt like a really weird, hollow way to do it. Yeah. And um, yeah, that moment always stuck with me with me because I remember watching it live and in the moment being like, yeah, that looks pretty good. But then immediately like thinking about it and you're like, but what is it? What does it it's mean? It's a pre-rendered, yeah. you know, like cutscene. Like what does it? Yeah. What it does it actually show? It doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Um, just that they're thinking about how to make something pretty, I guess. I guess. Um, my F is focus group because this is how they teased the Wii remake of GoldenEye 007 oh gosh. in 2010 was they had this like focus group uh, of like dudes in their like late 20s um, and uh, they're sharing their memories of like the original GoldenEye and then the person who's like proctoring the focus group is like, what if I told you there was a new one, uh, a new GoldenEye uh, coming out to Wii this year? And the dudes in the in the focus group lose their minds. They're so happy. They're so excited to stay up all night playing uh, GoldenEye 007. And let me tell you, not a, one of these guys did that <laughs> when this game came out because it was not super well received. It, 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 
it's just I've I've never seen a video game sold like this before or since of like here's a focus group of people saying how much they love the original mm-hmm. uh and now here's the new one. I had forgotten about that. It's such a strange choice cuz it's almost like a com- just just a commercial, right? Like um sometimes you'll see focus groups in commercials, right? Um like people complaining about problems they have and then like here's the thing to fix it. Um and it's just it, it's crazy that they like did this with an entertainment product. Um my G mark is Galaxy. Super Mario Galaxy. Two that is. Um this is from E3 uh 2009 and this was one of those trailers that I played over and over and over again because we already knew what Super Mario Galaxy was. I already loved Super Mario Galaxy. Nintendo had not done really direct sequels, uh, especially to Mario games. Uh, and um, the idea that there even could or would ever be a Super Mario Galaxy 2, which is totally out of my mind, was never going to happen. But this trailer, because the visual language of Super Mario Galaxy is so clear and so obvious from having uh, the first one being been out for a couple of years, um, Galaxy 2 was able to just show new stuff. Um, and you get Yoshi, you get like the drill, you get like Mario running around a tiny planet and like flowers popping up under him, weird little creatures, uh, and just like glimpses at all this cool stuff. And it's all scored with Super Mario Galaxy music, which is, of course, incredible. Um, there is a section in this trailer where the music is playing and the bass line goes to, so it's like the, the, like full brass horns just go to this like sustained uh support so instead of like anything rhythmic or like pulsing it's just like holding out these bass notes can i play a little bit of yeah, it for please. you please um so uh, i'm just gonna start like kind of at the beginning so we can just get like a sort of like sample of how uh galaxy music sounds and then i'm gonna jump ahead to like the point and honest to god mark i hope i don't start crying during this i just i find it so moving here's what the here's here's the first chunk of the music Great stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now here's here's the lead up to the part that I find endlessly moving. Right here. It is something special, uh, and you know the the game. You know, ended up being one of my favorite games ever. Um, and so, yeah, I just i I think about the moment I first saw that trailer at E three uh, two thousand nine, like over and over again. Love it, love it, love it. That's amazing. Uh, my G is of a a little different uh, quality. It is gun. My G is for gun. Okay. So, All right. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about before E3 had was around for a really long time, and I would say it didn't really start becoming mainstream until, I don't know, like G4 started doing like... Sure, yeah, uh, that makes sense. Like showing the videos in the early 2000s, and so uh, when it was more like media focused and more just like, hey, here's like the Mar- Nintendo's marketing executive and... um. All uh, you know, the the tenor of the presentations was sometimes different than they would be now because they're so much more consumer focused now. But also, like you were saying earlier, Patrick, Nintendo in the early two thousand in the GameCube era was punchy. They had a chip on their shoulder. Yep. They were coming in with like a lot of like bravado with something to prove. And so I I I was watching bits of E three two thousand three. And this is the uh, last year that George Harrison, which was a Nintendo marketing mm-hmm. executive, um, like led the presentation. And he's talking about how, you know, like uh, in, in these are like the opening moments of his presentation. He's talking about how like each franchise installment at Nintendo is better than the last, but the characters stay true. Donkey Kong is a lovable ape. Like Link will never lose hope. And then he goes, of course. 
Mario will never start shooting hookers. <laughs> it's like, uh, you, uh, you just, okay. you, and you know, like the audience like laughs, like everybody loves it. Right. But it's just like so funny. You would never in a million years, they would never in a million years do that today. No. I mean, I don't think they would say hookers on stage <laughs> at all. <laughs> Let alone say it in the same sentence as Mario. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to imagine like Al Numa. Mario's not going to start shooting hookers. Uh huh. Got to get their digs in at Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, but they don't mind. They're you know Grand Theft Auto, whatever. Nintendo's got Animal Crossing to blow 13 year olds' minds. Hey, that kid's—he's so excited to do cool stuff that his parents won't let him do, like yep. own a house and get a job. Yeah, I was so shocked when he said it. <laughs> I was so that, shocked. I don't think I've seen that because I feel like that would be burned into my brain. <laughs> George Harrison did this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the Beatle. Not the Beatle. Not the Beatle. Mark your H. My H. My H is for Hookman, the Resident <laughs> Evil 4 hallucination build. Whoa. From E3, to, also from E3 2003. This was, you know, as part of like Capcom's commitment to the Nintendo GameCube. They sh- were showing Resident Evil 4 footage for the first time, and it's the version of Resident Evil 4 that uh, they ended up scrapping and basically like um, completely redoing. And so, in the ver- in like the short trailers, short footage that they're showing is like this character who he comes out of a painting and has a hook for a hand, and that's all you know. We know about it. We the game was completely redone, and so the other the elements that we see. Um, it, the game does at that time still star Leon, but otherwise it, it's does, totally different. It doesn't yeah. seem like anything else. It seems like he's in a mansion that is similar to, um, like the original game. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, that's, that's all, that's all we've seen. That's yeah. all we've seen of the, this, uh, this hook man character. It, that's very, yeah. And it's very mysterious and, and interesting. There's another part of that video that I want to bring up later. Um, so I won't. I won't mention it here. But, okay. Um, it's it's the the way they present that game and the fact that it's not the version of the game that actually ends up coming out um, is also like very strange. There's a lot of like washed out colors and yeah. like uh, it just feels like again it's chip on their shoulder, Nintendo, right? Uh, being like dark and extreme, um, uh, and you know that's an okay way to sell Resident Evil, I guess. Um, but it sure does feel weird. Is your moment does your moment feature Shinji Mikami? It does. Okay, yes. then I won't say because there is something there. Uh, there's a mo. He, he has a yes. singer in there, but we'll. Uh, I'll leave it. I'll yes, leave it. Yes. And then if if you don't mention it, tune it. Later, in, we can tune into part two. Tune yeah, into part two because I definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're referring to, and don't worry, we will talk about okay, it. Okay, perfect. Um, so my H is Howard Lincoln. Um, a uh, NOA chairman who was uh, one of the like early vo- like American voices for Nintendo at these uh, stage shows, um, starting in 1995, um, and reportedly in 1995 he like uh, you know everyone was on stage for too long and like didn't have anything to like announce or say or anything because these things were like prehistoric trade shows then, um, and uh, uh, Lincoln evidently like gets up there and like pisses away his time complaining about uh, video game piracy. Um, eventually, he figures he figures things out a little bit and like goes full on hype man for the company. Uh, in 1998, uh, Lincoln claimed that Nintendo's game lineup was the best they or anyone had ever had. Um, so, you know, just hats off to one of the pre Reggies, um, one of the uh, pre George Harrison even, uh, doing their best to try and like hype up the video games when really all they want to do is complain about the fact that um, people are stealing the games. <laughs> Howard Lincoln. My eye, Mark, interference, specifically wireless interference affecting poor Miyamoto and oh. Biltrin in, in their 2010 uh, demo for the controls to The Legend of Zelda, The Skyward Swords. Oh, just brutal. It is, I mean, God, it starts... The the whole thing like starts out pretty positive, right? Where we're like we're seeing Link, uh, and the crowd is like, "This is a cool looking Link. We're into this." Um, Miyamoto is like surprised, announced on stage, like maybe people didn't think he was gonna be there or what, but like you know he like slices through a, a, a curtain and like steps out. Bill Trinan is there, and it's like, "Yeah, this rules." Um, and uh, Miyamoto uh, is speaking, and Trinan is tr- uh, translating for him, and every everything that he tries. For like a grueling ten minutes, doesn't work. 
it's the worst possible showing for Wii Motion Plus and for Skyward Sword. Uh, and like, genuinely go back and try to watch this thing. It goes on way longer than you think it would. That like someone would have given them the light and like <laughs> mercy killed the bit, but like it just doesn't happen. Yeah, it's so painful because they're trying to show you know one of the uh, uses for Wii Motion Plus that was a big like point in this demo is that you know like enemies block like high or yep. low and so you have to do you have to attack high or low in the Wii with the Wii Motion Plus it can detect like where you're attacking or from what angle you're attacking and like all that kind of stuff and when it just does not work it is it you just it's just like full body cringe cuz it's yeah. just endless and they're just stranded up there right and they just got to try and make it work. And the, the official story afterwards was that there was too much wireless interference in the room or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, and maybe that was the case. And maybe Wii Motion Plus just, like, was never that good. Well, I feel like I maybe not a common occurrence of demos in that time. But I remember, was it the iPad reveal when Steve Jobs was, like, trying to demo the iPad and couldn't <laughs> get to work? And so he was like, everybody turn off your Wi-Fi, basically. Yes. So, so yes. Maybe, maybe that was a real... Maybe that like was a real problem for them. I mean, I guess it's why like you can't use Wi-Fi on the, on the plane, <laughs> except you basically can, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, yeah. So I uh, interference is, is my eye. Very good. Um, um, for my eye, I just wanted to. We've already mentioned him before, but talk about Satoru Iwata, former president of Nintendo, who was a major presence in a lot of these E3 presentations. Mm-hmm. Unlike, um, usually not speaking through an interpreter. Yeah. Yeah, usually uh, just speaking directly to audiences. And he was there for, you know, like the, um, for a lot of hardware reveals, talking about the hardware, talking about um, kind of like the direction of Nintendo and, yeah. you know, introducing new products that sometimes didn't end up making it to market, but uh, was such a huge influential presence on Nintendo for so long had set the direction for Nintendo for so long, you know, was one of the uh, kind of like leaders into the blue ocean strategy that made the Wii and Nintendo DS such a huge success and who set the groundwork for the switch to become kind of like the phenomenon that it is Yeah, put in motion, um, consolidating all of Nintendo's developers to work on a single piece of hardware instead of splitting it between multiple platforms. Um, and just like uh, uh, like in my mind, the classic E3 lineup is always going to be Reggie, Satoru Iwata, and Shigeru Miyamoto, and they all just seem yeah. like they liked each other. Like that chemistry is yep. chemistry that does not exist with any other company or their presentations. Yeah, totally. And like, uh, you know, my my opinion on um uh, Reggie has soured a little bit in the last like couple years. Um, but like Iwata always seemed like the like so gen and obviously Miyamoto's a legend and like you can't help but love him. But like Iwata uh felt like um someone who is genuinely like interested and in, uh, excited about games, but not like um you know, sometimes when Miyamoto talks about games, you're like, oh, you're just like uh you just love this stuff and like you have no control over it. <laughs> Iwata is is like uh he's like a student of the game or you know like there's, there's something totally. about something about his enthusiasm that I, that I relate to more directly. Uh, Miyamoto feels like a, to me like a like a math teacher who was always really gifted at math like it just came naturally to them and so has a really hard uh, like <laughs> yeah. you can't really explain to you when you don't get it because yes. he's like what do you mean you don't get it 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 you know Right, exactly. What 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 do you mean you don't get it? This is you move the you move the Wii remote like a sword. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's because it, it's just so comes so naturally. Whereas uh, Iwata, who obviously like an incredibly talented programmer in his own right, but um, and businessman and yeah. businessman, but just came across like you were saying as more like relatable. I guess as weird as that is to say. Yeah. Yeah. Def- definitely more relatable and like seemingly with more like uh, Miyamoto's obsession with like 
fun in games and like uh, just going straight to abstraction because that's where you get the most fun. I feel like you run that through Iwata and, he, and he's like, no, presentation's important and like how we present the fun is as important as the fun itself, um, which I think is probably more in line with a lot of uh, gamers um, and just people in general that like you, you want things to feel good in addition to like being fun. Um, and I just think that he was like on the vanguard of that at Nintendo. Totally. And he also was just like a more of a face of, Ninten yeah. of Nintendo than like the current uh, president like Furukawa is um, in that, you know, like he, did the Awada Asks series. Yep. And, you know, he was the one that was leading those interviews and he was a presence in those. Um, and so, you know, and I'm sure all of some of that was like really good PR and marketing and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But it definitely worked on me. But well, and you know, he's the president of the company. So oh. like uh, if, if it's good PR, he hired that PR, right? Jay. My Jay is for Jump. It's a personal experience from E3 2015, oh. which was the first E3 that I was able to attend in person. And um, that was the year of uh, Mario Maker for the Wii U. And so they had a big, they had like a, a they had a huge booth um, with, they were showing off like Star Fox Zero had a playable demo and like wow. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, and so they had like Nintendo Treehouse live stage set up. And to the left of that, they had kind of like a another stage where they were doing like activities and things during the day. So there was like a trivia game that they would pull three people up on stage and there was a host and they would like, you know, like do Nintendo trivia. And then behind that was this huge area that was like a for like a photo spot and it was themed to Mario Maker. Yeah. And so you could wait in line and they had like um, it, it was essentially a like uh, green screen type thing set up and then you would jump like you were mario and kind of doing the, yeah. the thing and then they like would punch in the block exactly yeah. then they would send you a digital like photo that was a gif of you <laughs> like of jumping and then they had you know like made the background look like super mario brothers and then you pr punch the like this huge question block and like a fireball comes out or something oh that's great it was just it was just a lot of fun and it's something that like i've i've kept on my phone and my you know how uh, your phone will sometimes surface like old photos yeah. and just like remind you of them. Uh, I think because it was around this time of the year that it happened, it you know oh, like surfaced funny. that to me re recently, and that was a really good memory. That was you know like a really fun experience for me to be able to go to that E three. Yeah, um, I don't. Uh, my phone does not often serve up uh, pictures to me of you and me bullying Sobble. <laughs> like we did at E three twenty nineteen. Uh huh. But, that's right. Um, Mark, my J is also jump. Up Superstar, um, the song, of course, from Super Mario Odyssey that scored the entire trailer for uh, Super Mario Odyssey uh, at E3 in 2017. This was the first time we got like a real look at uh, what Odyssey was about. We see the capture mechanic. We see Cappy really for the first time. We had seen like eyes on the hat before, but like didn't know that's what it was. This is a trailer that starts off with the T-Rex. Um, like really just a, a whole like cacophony of like what what even is all of this. Um, but the whole thing is scored by Jump Up Superstar, the song that Pauline sings in New Donk City. Um, and uh, reportedly it was, I wasn't at this E3, but reportedly it was constantly playing at Nintendo's booth, which was done up like New Donk City. Um, and it drove people crazy because <laughs> it's a great song, but it's like a three and a half minute song and then it loops again. Um uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I remember having like a visceral reaction to like, what is this? I remember that too. I, and just having like so much of Odyssey and especially having this yeah. like song just felt not a bad way, but just so weird. Yes. Like so much of it, like you said, was just like, what is this? What is happening? Yeah. It's like realistic, realistic looking T-Rex. Yep. You have this like song. It's, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it was absolutely crazy stuff. And the fact that there was like this uh audio cue you know I, I guess i've now talked about music in trailers twice um and they're they couldn't be more different and they're both like super impactful and fun and like perfect little representations of those games um so nintendo very good at uh deploying music my k is for kid icarus uprising specifically in how uh iwata revealed it at, at e3 in 2010 
Um, starts off by putting up the like Project Sora logo on on the screen. Um, and first of all, just so funny that like it's a man standing in front of a, a screen that's just like projecting slides, right? Um, and then eventually trailers. Uh, but so you know, like this tease of like this is what Masahiro Sakurai is up to with uh, with uh, Project Sora, um, and they've created a new game for the 3DS. Uh, and he says it might be familiar to those of you who have been playing games with us for a long time. Um, and then. You know, I mentioned surprise earlier that, like, uh, Nintendo can genuinely surprise you. And Kid Icarus Uprising represented that. Because, like, it had been 10, 15 years since the last Kid Icarus game. Uh, a, a property that, like, is basically forgotten except for Kid Icarus Uprising and Pit's appearances in Smash. Pit had appeared in Smash by this point. Um, but, like, yeah, the game was a relic. It was a... Uh, it was a, a um, it was a fossil, and then like, bam! Here's a new one for 3DS, being made by one of our more advanced like uh, game development teams. Uh, was just a cool presentation, and you might know it if you've been gaming with us for a long time. Yeah, that was a, a like you said, a, a total surprise. Yeah, it's one of those. It's uh, uh, akin to like, uh, here's the Famicom Detective Club remakes, where it's like. This thing that you thought we'd never bring back, we brought it back. Yeah, it's like if they brought back Famicom Detective Club with, like, a premier name developer. <laughs> yes. And it was, like, one of the most important titles for that, like, platform yes. for that year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how crazy the Kid Icarus Uprising exists. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then, the, the, then they did not go back to the well after. No, no. They were like, Kid Icarus Uprising, great. We believe in it. But there won't be a part two. <laughs> My K is for Keychain. This is another um, kind uh. of like personal memory from E3. And this is from E3 2019. And it is the kind of token that you received after playing the Link's Awakening for Switch demo at E3 2019. And this is my L kind of no surprise is related to this. I'm saying the Link's Awakening diorama. Oh, so let's let's yeah. talk about all of the the Link's Awakening stuff together. Yeah, perfect. And actually my L is from 20 is from is also from E3 2019. Okay, so we well, might as well talk let's, about let's that. Let's experience. do your K and my L yeah. and then we'll do your L and that'll be the end of this episode. Okay, perfect. Uh yeah, so like uh Link's Awakening was one of the big I, was it? I can't remember. Was it announced at E three? No. So it was. It was announced at the Nintendo Direct in like February or March. Oh, okay, got it. Uh, and this was the first time that like we got like the real trailer for it um, at at E three, um, and uh, then it was available on the show floor. And Nintendo was not seemingly anticipating how big of a draw it was because on the first day they just had it lumped in with the rest of their like demos for like Mario yeah, and Sonic right. and stuff, uh, and like. Uh, uh, um, that like Wolfenstein, uh, like add on thing and, um, Hollow Knight Silk Song. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, and, you know, all these like games that we, uh, we mess around with. Um, but, you know, the, the line, the wait for, uh, Link's Awakening, like, didn't make sense in that context. So they, like, set up a separate line on the second day to, like, get people through there. Um, and waiting in line netted us each this, uh, this keychain. Yeah. And it, it was, it was a it was a long line. We yeah. waited a long time, and this is what Patrick was referring to about uh, <laughs> running from one hall to the other in order to make our uh, reservation for Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, but we were like, we did, we, we made we, it. We did, we made it. We we had it all. We yeah, were, that's we, right. We we did it all. But you know, while we were waiting in line, um, like up, you know, Nintendo's like larger presence there had like a second floor and we saw like yeah. Miyamoto standing up at the top it was and very cool. you know it was just uh it's one of the one of my favorite memories of E3. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh and you know specifically uh what I wanted to call out from that was the they had like a diorama of um the the village on Koholint Island um and uh was just like you know it was in the style of the Link's Awakening remake uh and was just so cute and so like physical and like drove home how effective that art style would be for that game um and how good it would be if they wanted to remake other zelda games uh in in the same style um but never will i guess i don't know <laughs> um uh that was just such a magical wonderful experience um and like i remember you and i getting like 
nervous about like, are we going to miss the Final Fantasy thing? Should we bail on this? The power went out at one point. Do you remember this? No, I don't remember While we were waiting in line, the power like went out for like 20 seconds or something. Like it was dark in the, uh, in, in the convention center. Um, but it all came back and all worked out and we have our, our keychains. I still have mine on my keys to this day. Yeah, it's it's a really cute like uh uh link from mm-hmm. the in the style of that game. Yep. It's a really good memento. Uh my L to wrap things up is for the Luigi's Mansion 3 spooky demo area that uh they set up. But man, E3 2019 was pretty for Nintendo. It was, was hitting. Yeah, cuz they they also that was also the year that they that we bullied Sobble that they had yep. that um, they had Pokemon Sword, Sword and Shield. Shield demo station set up and the demo stations for pokemon sword and shield which i don't have on my list anywhere so i'll just mention it here um was like the inside of a soccer stadium yeah it was it was very that one was also very cool and then the luigi's mansion one so there was like a queue outside that wrapped around the side of it and that's actually where i saw charles martinet yeah there you go um and uh but when you got to the front there were like people dressed in these like bright hot pink bellhop costumes you're stepping on my pee but that's <laughs> okay that's right, okay we okay. can let's we can talk about it now yeah and they um those bright pink well, bellhop i mean it, also that'll be next week's episode so by then everybody we'll talk, will have forgot we'll talk about it then yeah so you so you would w- walk into it and it was this like enclosed space that was lit with black lights made up to look like uh the hotel in luigi's mansion 3 and that's where the demo stations were yeah. And this is also where my greatest shame happened, so I'm glad it happened in the dark. You died so fast. <laughs> I died so fast that, like, both me and the, like, proctor were shocked, and neither of us knew what to do, so I just left. <laughs> I was too embarrassed. Mark just left. I finished the demo, and then was like, where's Mark? And he was a <laughs> mile and a half away. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so those are our A through L of Nintendo's E3. Mark, let's close this out. So that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Certainly. Certainly. Join us next week when we will finish. We'll go M through Z of Nintendo E3. Um, thank you so much to Connor McCabe, our 16-bit patron. We appreciate you, buddy. Um, everyone should join our Discord. Send us an email, and we will send you an invitation. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apepetti. You can get more of his music by going to apepetti.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>